listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Just buckle in. Buckle up for the player movement. Whatever <laughs> buckle in. Buckle in, buckle up. I don't know. Whatever buckle you want to use. Buckle up, be buckle crazy. And Matty Rose. It wasn't in the net. Stop throwing your bears. Please stop throwing your bears. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, is brought to you by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca at the bottom of the hour. Stanley Cup champion, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Nick Kiprios will join us. And at 8 o'clock, the Chronalist, Big Show Flames analyst, the Cobra, Brent Cron in studio. We'll also have Ryan Getzlaff on the phone. Not bad. Um, I wonder how many times, how, how did he approach trying to beat Mika Kiprasov? Well, I would assume that he didn't shoot it much. Like he never really did anyways, but I would assume it was more tell 10 to go stand in front of the net and, yep. and be as much of a brat as he could be and go from there. Him in 17, just go and just crash the net. Probably. Kess, Perry. Maroon would have been back on that team. A young Patrick Maroon. Mm. Who else? Very likable bunch. Um, not the Fernando Pisani. What was the other guy? Penner. Oh yeah, Dustin Penner. Yeah. Mm. Samuel Paulson. Yeah, he was great. Okay. We'll talk to Ryan Getzlaff. Silverberg would have been there. And uh, that silent F. Stands for fantastic. Um, and uh, Brent Cron's going to give us a review on the Dunkaroo. Because mm-hmm. really uh, Dunkaroos came up yesterday. People were very passionate about Dunkaroos. <laughs> I had one today. I had to take some Tanafin to control my blood sugar mm-hmm. after having it. A little bit sweet. But it was good. A little bit sweet. Um, speaking of the playoffs, where are you at this morning? Because I know that there's an uphill climb and... It's just an inevitability here before you trade for Tanafin. Uh, they're almost on the way out, but another big win last night. And see, the problem with this team is, number one, they're resilient. Number two, they're likable. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of want them to get in. And please, like, what's the difference in this draft between, what, two or three spots? Like, in the first round, is it really that... Much. I would think it drops after, like you say, the top 12. It probably gets a little bit more like everybody's kind of the well, same. They might have three picks in this draft in the first round. They might have four. Who yeah, knows? The, uh, uh, Pierre Lebrun on the other guy says the stars are the front runner for Tanev. So whatever that means, it seems like there's no first yet, but maybe that's a second and something else. But we'll see. But the stars seem to be the guys that are throwing everything at Chris Tanev. Yeah, like the one number that I've kind of heard listening to podcasts and stuff like that is 20. That after number 20, it kind of starts okay. to drop okay. off a little bit. Then maybe there's a tier at 12 for sure. Yeah. It feels like there's one between, like, Celebrini's kind of by himself, and then yeah. there's five guys, and then there's another five guys, yeah. and then there's another five to six. And, and then after that, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. So listen, I, I that's where I've been for a lot of this. It's, it, going back to how the season began, 
You could look at the rosters of every team mm-hmm. in the NHL and you could say there's no way that this group is going to be any worse than the Sharks, than the Blackhawks, than the Habs, the, like the Blue Jackets. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't I, the Habs still had enough veterans that yeah. I felt like they would be right where they are and the Blue Jackets yeah, yeah. are kind of the same. Yeah. But you yeah. knew that there was going to be two terrible teams. But even though sure. those are those are top 5 picks teams like the Flames can't get even there. Exactly, yeah. right? It, and the Flames didn't even have an exceptional start to the season, but it never no. really felt like they were going to be a lottery team. And this is just part of it. They're either going to... Who knows what's going to happen on the back end here, where those guys are going to go, what the return is going to be. But this is going to be a pivotal kind of turning point for the franchise, the crossroads, if you will. And they're going to have to make this decision and see where it goes from here. But I don't know, man. It's... It's been fun to watch, and I don't really know what's going to come next. Uh, I feel like this will be a fun run at the playoffs. Ultimately, they'll fall one to three points short. That could be it. But Probably is. I, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if that ended up being it. If if you would have told us in at the end of October and early November when this team was struggling out of the gate that they'll be playing meaningful games in March and April, we probably would have said probably not because the, the, the roster is just going to be stripped down of all these pending unrestricted free agents. But this this team's going to be playing meaningful games down the stretch. Here's the other thing, too, is like, so last year they missed by two points, right? This year, if they do end up missing by one, two, three points, I still think that you could call this year significantly better than last year because there's just been a lot that has gone well, right Yes, when you compare the two. And the results, in the end, are pretty much the same. You still had a lot of young players who were finding their way in the NHL and, mm-hmm. and show that they could be regular NHLers. You've moved out a couple of players that didn't want to be here and got some value back for them. You've started to test the market for your, your starting netminder, whether or not he gets dealt or not. I think that's kind of irrelevant to, to the extent that you've at least tested the market and understand that with two years left on his deal, there is sort of a a plan in place to move on to the next guy a little bit. They've at least started to kind of explore that opportunity. You got the captain in here. You got Huberto playing better. Nazem Kadri looks like he's back to the player that he was when he won the Stanley Cup. So even... On pace for his best statistical season since that year in Colorado, which is crazy. So even if that's where it ends up, I just think that there's a lot more good that's been done. And frankly, like if, if they do decide that going the tank route is the way they want to go. Nazem Kadri might be a tradable asset in the summer. And that's how you get closer to tanky. Jacob Markstrom will be a tradable yeah. asset. And if that's what they want to do, then that's what they can do. I don't think that's what they're going to do because I don't think that's in Connie's DNA. I think they're going to try and do this pretty aggressively. And 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 that's the thing too, right? Like, cause I, I agree with everything that you're saying. If if you go into next year with Anderson, Uyghur, Huberto, Kadri, that Kadri Zeri possibly Markstrom. Markstrom, like that's they're not bad that's enough. That's a to team be... probably fighting for a wild card spot. Exactly. You still have Coleman, Coleman, and Backlund. Like your, yeah. your middle six like, stays it, the exact you, same. You flip flop the start. Like let's say the first ten games. What were the Flames? They're like three. I don't know. Anyway, just I can flip pull it. it up for you flip right away. Flip the standings. They're a playoff team right now. If they just got off to a better start this year, 
you know what? Probably a playoff team. I'll right even now. do. I'll even do you one better. The game they lost in Chicago to the AHL team, and that Sharks game they lost here. You just win both of those games. They're only like what two points out, one point out of a playoff spot. They're two. They were two seven and one in their first. So you go. 10. You yeah. go six they're, three they're and one. one or if something they like that. win those two games, which were ridiculously winnable, yeah, yeah. they're one point out of a playoff spot this yeah, yeah. morning. The loss to San Jose. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Chicago, and it was the same oh, thing last one. year. If they could just get that extra, the overtime record. And then in the yeah. Canadian division, it was the Senators. The Senators were the thorn. They in were their terrible. Side. And Flames couldn't. Oh God, that Canadian couldn't beat division. them. I knew right away it was a bad idea. <laughs> I knew right away. I talked about it. Okay, but okay. Now people are like, "This is going to be awesome." I go, "No, it's not." But you at, don't want to see the Senators eight times. But it's but be fun but, for a couple but, of weeks. But <laughs> given the. Time where we were, there yes. was no room for bad ideas. You're right. At least we were watching hockey. And yeah, it was better than marbles or like yeah. Taiwanese baseball or whatever the hell Russian you were watching. Ping pong. Sure. Yeah, it was it was, it was Korean baseball. Was yeah, it was Korean. My apologies. Yeah. NASCAR yeah. was the first sport in North America to play. Well, well why feels... wouldn't they be? They were in a <laughs> they, car they, by they themselves. Could, like, they should have no kept going the whole time. Yeah. Like, just, why they, did they stop? Because they couldn't have the fans, and you yeah, everybody right. had to figure out. And I guess yeah. the pit crew's got to be yeah, I close guess. to each other. Everybody's got to yeah. be close, right? Yeah. Bundesliga was Dude. big. But I would have been interested in NASCAR if they made the driver get out and do all the work. <laughs> there you go. Now had to change his own tires. Yeah. car's very hard to drive now. All manually, too. I'm sure I could figure it out. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, straight line? I could probably do a straight line. Straight line. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I could do a straight line. I could probably get it from like first to third. Um, Dan and Concora, um, yes, I absolutely uh we are hoping for a spot in the playoffs. It's just frustrating that the teams ahead of them keep winning and well now they don't play till Saturday, go flames. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree sure. with that. But once again, the schedule's tough in the sense that yeah, they don't play for three days and those teams might get away from them, but also you've played four teams on the back of the second half of back to back in your last six games. Sure. And you've taken advantage of those teams. You're getting some Again, pretty good luck I, with the schedule right now. I, I just think the energy on Saturday is gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna and be thing, a different. We're talking about the Flames playing up to good teams. I don't know where we are at with Pittsburgh, but they've got good players on said team, so I'm sure and plus retiring the number, they're gonna get up for that. Cracking a team they're fighting with, mm-hmm. then the lightning. Playoff team, Panthers, Stanley Cup favorite, probably. Hurricanes, right the up Chuck there. Rematch is always a good yeah. one. Avalanche, Golden Knights. Those are your next uh, seven games. Some good dang teams in this run here. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Flames like to be. They like to play against the good teams. Mm-hmm. But, uh, You're going to have some tests here, some good teams after maybe trading away some players. Have your thoughts changed as far as how many games these guys are going to play after yesterday? Because they were still doing their thing out I there. I still think they get the the last home game against Seattle, and then they're scratched against Tampa. That's going to be the day before the trade deadline. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at, too. I I still think there's a chance Saturday could be it. But the way this team's playing right now, especially if they grab another W against Sid and the Penguins, which is a very winnable game. Oh, the penguins are yeah, no, they're yeah, just they're mad. Not, not what they used they're to be. They're mad. Um, the thing is, you never know which one of their superstars is going to show up any given yeah, night. Like and bringing Carlson yesterday. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> um, before we get to uh, Nick Kiprios, I want to ask Croner this question. I'm going to ask you guys right now. Mm. Uh, I want GVP to weigh in too, because it just popped into my stupid head. Where does this Kipper game rank on importance in the last decade? of the Calgary Flames. Where does this game rank? It's got to be one of the biggest games in what, the last 10 years of this franchise? 
Well, I think about the Aginla game. That was okay. a big one. Okay. I think about game seven against the Stars. Yep. That was a huge game. Uh, game five overtime against the Oilers. Especially some wins, right? Like, that's that's kind of the, the significant win there for when they beat Dallas and, and moved on to the second round. Um, apart from that, it hasn't been a ton of playoff success, right? So that's why I'm asking. Where's when it comes this? to regular season, uh, I know they had a, they had a game during the 2014-15 season. It was their last home game against the LA Kings, winning in. It was just snapped their seven mm. game playoff drought. Yeah, that I was in the building for that's that one. That one. was a, that was a hell of a game, hell of an good atmosphere. Uh, Iggy was also playing on the Kings, I believe. At uh, the, time. the Giordano return game was a fun one. Mm. Uh, after he had left in the expansion mm-hmm. draft. You know, the Goudreau and Kachuk return games were those explosive were for different reasons. Yeah. The, the Goudreau one was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those were intriguing, to say but the least. This is right up there, no? Like, oh, without a doubt. For, like, the time, been, of, like, the like, time of year Hottest ticket in Calgary in how many years? Since the, play, since since the game against the Oilers? Since the Battle of Alberta playoff series? The, the yeah, Iggy probably. retirement night, the Flames were the best team in the... Western Conference. They were 89 points, first in the West, in the Pacific Division. They lost to the Wild, but still, it wasn't. It wasn't. They were it's Mike Smith's fault. Yeah, <laughs> they were still. They were like, he yeah, this is just a game. We're retiring our, our greatest players. Just turned number. the puck over behind the net as he always did, and gave up a crap goal in a tie game, and they lost. Yeah. But uh, like, just because where the like the standings are, I think I would put this game bigger than that Iggy game. Mm-hmm. Just, but obviously, the player Iggy's a bit bigger than Kipper was, but still, like. I think the part of this is that a lot of people are like, is this ever going to actually happen? Like, is like, he ever actually yeah. going to come back? Everybody think that because there was a spot like, are we ever going to retire a number ever again? We talked or about just going to be forever a flame, forever a flame. Well, it was that and it was the fact that it's Kipper. Yeah. And he's a bit of a nomad. Sure. To an extent. Eccentric. Um, He's like a mythical creature. Off the gr- <laughs> uh, he just pops up. Was he a Yeti? Yeah. No, that's a perfect. That's yeah, right. exactly it. Yeti, unicorn, Loch Ness monster. Sure, pick right. it, whatever one you want. A solar eclipse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely real compared mm-hmm. to the other things, but mm-hmm. right. Also mm-hmm. rare. Mm. <laughs> Total solar eclipse mm. oh, okay. coming up in April. By the way, solar eclipse yeah, to the heart. Yeah. You know where the best that? place to see it is? Uh, Fort Erie, Ontario. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're gonna get a partial here. So Fort Erie, Ontario has every single hotel room sold out for months because that's the best place mm-hmm. to view it. Hmm. And Fort Erie is not a big city. No. It's the border town to beautiful Buffalo, New York. Right on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying solar eclipse great. Don't look up. <laughs> but I'm very excited for this. It's been a long time coming. That's what I mean. Like, like this feels when, like it's it's a big deal. Like, like GVP brought up the game yesterday where he just like showed up and that was awesome in itself. Yeah. So. Yeah, very much looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories. Mm -hmm. uh, It's going to be fun to sit there and listen to all these guys talk about him. And uh, we'll get some stories from uh, Ryan Getzlaff on facing Mika Kiprasov in his career. We'll do that. We'll talk to the chronolist, Brent Cron, Big Show Flames analyst at the top of the hour. But straight ahead, uh, Nick Kiprios. Again, every time we have somebody who has his finger on the pulse of the Leafs, is Tanev going to the Leafs? Are they going to give up a first-round pick? They, they can have Tanev today. They want to give up their first. Mm. They can have him today. That's what we keep hearing. Mm. Is that going to happen? Are they going to do it? 
Is Tree just sitting there like, oh, we gotta get Tana, we gotta get Tana, we gotta get Tana. Like, what is he doing? Sounds like they just want any right shooting defenseman, but they don't want to pay. It's so tough. Yeah. But may, he might pay at the end. We'll be like, okay, let's do it. That could happen. We'll talk to Nick Kiprios about that. Um, Connor, do you want to be the star of the show again? Of course. All right. <laughs> of course. GVP in him. Let's see. let's hear another read here. Your Sportsnet 960 trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. The best pizza, pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast or call them at 403-248-3344 for pickup or delivery. It's not bad. It's not bad, Connor. Appreciate it. Okay. Are the Leafs going to give up a first for Tanev? Uh, After last night's defensive performance, I sure hope so. Okay. Would you rather give up a first or Cowan or Minton? Uh, Minton, not Cowan. They love Easton Cowan, and everybody hated on the Leafs for drafting them last yeah, year. Like, I who the hell is this guy? I've, how many times have I said that? <laughs> my, not only on this show, but in life. Never criticize right because you no. never know. You no. don't You don't know. You don't know until they actually get into the show. All right, Nick Kiprios next. Brent Cron, Ryan Getzlaff, a Dunkaroo review. It's all straight ahead. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, powered by Mortgages2Go.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit Mortgages2Go.ca. At the top of the hour, the Cronalist, Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron in studio. Break down the 4-2 win by the Flames last night over the Kings. We'll have Ryan Getzlaff on the show coming up at 8 o'clock. That's exciting. And uh, Brent Cron will give us a review on Dunkaroos. Uh, very, very hard-hitting stuff on the program today. Very mature. It's what our show is based on, Pond. Maturity. Just saw a tweet from Darren Haynes. Did you know Jacob Markstrom has one more assist than Elias Lindholm since he got dealt? No way. Markstrom now has three and Lindy has two? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Um, Our next guest can uh, maybe speak to goalie assist, or he can. I just had no transition there. <laughs> Uh, he is the host of Real Kimper Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar. Guest Holland, we say good morning to Nick Kiprios. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm I'm well, guys. How are you? We're you know, good. It, it was always a fear as a fourth liner that your goalie outscores you. <laughs> I want you to know that, right? And that that cannot happen. Yeah. Um, who's the best puck handling goalie you ever played with? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, you know what? Mike Richter wasn't that bad. I know he didn't have a reputation like others, like Marty Turco and of course, Tommy Brasso before and those type of guys. But, uh, there was a lot of pressure on those guys to, to go out there and do more as soon as I guess Tommy Brasso was the real first one coming out of high school for the Buffalo Sabres, uh, in the eighties that uh, started showing that he uh, goalies can do more than just stop a puck. Um, and then lo and behold, every practice you see them out there handling it more and more and then shooting the puck off the glass and, and all of that. But uh, you know, I didn't play with a, a ton that, uh, that, that loved it, but knew that uh, it was now uh, an essential part of helping out the the D and and also helping out the team as well. So, 
I don't, I don't get the, um, you know, the, the, the boundaries today, you know, in terms of, uh, maybe still wanting to keep it, you know, I'd open it back up again and let them come out and make them more like targets too. If I want to hit one, if yeah. he wants to go play the puck. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm surprised that I wouldn't the, mind that. Yeah. Um, like I'm surprised the trapezoid is still in, to be honest with you right now. Yeah. They've literally put it in because of Martin Brodeur. That was the reason. Like why? why yeah, there was a few. Yeah, there was a few, but uh, there was a collective group there that uh, you know. Th- this is also in the in the era that we needed to find ways to generate offense and limit the goalies and uh, limit the clutching and the grabbing and bring the scoring up. I mean, mission accomplished here. Sure, um, but uh, th- this one, you're right. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the trapezoid disappear again. Oh, now now we're down this rabbit hole real quick, and there's lots of things we need to talk about. <laughs> better better rule that needs to be instituted in the NHL: full two minute power play, regardless if you score or not, or if you score a short handed goal, the penalty's negated. Uh yeah, I think though, I mean that's a radical move that that changes a lot here. Um, I don't know if our game needs to go that level right now in this point in time. Hmm. I think down the road, if you want to have another major summit like they did, I guess, in 2004, that also happened to coincide with a a lockout. Yeah. Um, Maybe, but right now, like they've made so many subtle changes, guys, over the last 20 years, you know, and some of them have really been helpful and others you kind of shake your head at times uh but uh listen it's it's not a bad product right now when it's played hard and played well uh it absolutely is um the maple leaf struggled last night uh in that loss to the golden knights maybe need some help in the blue line maybe brad wants to give uh craig a call here this morning go you know what let's do it first round pick for tanev like do, do you think that's even on the radar right now is that a move the leafs need to make because that's what we keep hearing, uh, Nick, is that as long as the team, if they're willing to part with a first-round pick, they can get their hands on Chris Tanev. Well, my best if, uh, my my bet is if, uh, if, if Tree Living's calling, uh, he might get a busy signal. It might take him a while uh, to get through. Yeah, get in line. Uh, that's, that's the type of lineup right now there is for, for Chris Tanev. And I think what's separating Chris from everyone else is the fact that, uh, you know, they, uh, teams that want him know that he can come in and help them the most and not only help them on the ice, but off the ice too, with his reputation of being an amazing team guy. And that's one of the things that, uh, Brad tree living wants is another voice in the dress room, a leader, a guy that can command a ton of respect, uh, not to mention, a a defense partner that uh, can help Morgan Riley uh, not be minus four like <laughs> it was last night. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's, there's the lineup. And soon as Chris uh, gets traded, you know, and it could come any second now uh, between now and the trade deadline, uh, then the dominoes will fall on everyone else. But there seems to be a log jam right now while teams decide how much they want to give Calgary for Chris Tanev. Are you surprised he's continued to play as we get closer to the deadline? Uh, yeah, that'll that'll probably get shut down later on this week. I, I cannot see him, you know, playing the the last few games. But 
you know, he also is a guy that uh, plays a certain way, and I think he may have, you know, been very uh, vocal on the fact that, uh, you know, he doesn't want to sit out. Um, so uh, I, I think it's, I think it hasn't hurt, you know, watching Calgary win some key games here um, while Chris continues to be a, a major impact to, to drive the price up. So, you know, uh, it can work both ways. What have you made of the way they've been playing lately? Because, you know, around the deadline, there's obviously a lot of talk. I wonder if this team has just dealt with it for the entire year, that even as it's starting to heat up a little bit more around the deadline, they've almost grown numb to it and, and can kind of play through it. Did, do you think there's anything to that, or or is it just yes. probably chaos in there? Yeah, no. Yes, definitely has something to do with it, and I don't... I, I, if there's a chaos, it's a controlled chaos mm. uh, that's led again by some veterans in, in Coleman and uh, and Tanov. Uh, we had Gary Galley on our Real Kipper and Born show yesterday, and he he was uh, he was awesome just in terms of uh, what the players are thinking and you know how it's a uh, it's an almost like you know get out of our face management. You know, don't 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 trip over yourselves trying to, uh, you know, dismantle this team because we've got some, some great pieces in here and we can win. And, uh, we absolutely think that, uh, we can, we can catch LA and, you know, maybe even the likes of Edmonton, you know, based on what you saw last weekend. So I think it's a great message. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how far it, it'll get in terms of, you know, stabilizing the lineup till the end of the season and how many bodies stay and how many go. But uh, it's the, the best message of all is that, you know, we're maybe go make some changes, but we're not that far off. We can make the playoffs again next year. And, you know, Markstrom staying, I mean, that's a key part here. Uh, but the message they're saying is that, you know, you can, you can make a few changes here, but uh, we got a good thing going, and we got we believe that we got a good thing going in in the next year or two, not not four. Um, Nick, there, there's a sense out there that this Hannafin market isn't as big as maybe we think it is. W what do you think the market looks like for Noah Hannafin? Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. That there's uh, there's a, a lot of teams that would like to add him, and I would put. Uh, the Boston Bruins probably at the top of uh, the list, um, but there's, yeah, there's certain teams that think that they, that that they would value Hannafin higher than perhaps what the Calgary Flames, uh, or or lower than what the Calgary Flames might think right now. So uh, there, there's no question that he will leave money on the table like Johnny Hockey did when he left. Uh, for Columbus, that's just a given uh, that Calgary was uh, willing to, to maybe in, in some people's eyes overspend for Hannafin to stay, uh, but that's still not the case. He's he's going to go, uh, but there's some teams that think he might be a, a six six and a half million dollar defenseman, not necessarily a seven and a half defense uh, million dollar defenseman uh, like Calgary. Uh, uh, initiated uh with with a contract offer so uh 
that plays also into the fact of what teams are willing to give up. So that's that's getting sorted out as we speak right now, and I'm sure they'll find common ground because uh, uh, that's an asset that you can't lose for free. Nick Kiprios is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960, the fan. Nick, is Nazem Kadri playing his way to potentially teams inquiring about him in the summer? Yes, but I don't know if uh, if Calgary wants to go down that route right now uh, because he's he's playing so well and you know he adds so much to the hockey club and yeah, in a perfect world, um, you know he is your your number two centerman on a Stanley Cup team as he as he showed in uh, in Colorado. But you know, first and foremost, uh, you know no matter what and we know Colorado would love to trade for him back but it, it, they can't do it at that number and is Calgary now in a position where they want to say hey we'll hold on to a million or two million of the rest of his deal and bring that number down to five uh, I don't see that happening so if you got a guy that you know show some guts, some, some leadership, uh, can score, uh, brings emotion into your building fans, you know, have an appreciation for that type of play right now. Eh, don't, don't give them away. Don't, don't trade them away. I mean, like I said, you're, you're thinking like you're, you can compete in a year or two. You're not thinking about four years from now. If, if this was a complete, uh, tear down, and we got to stock up and we got to get younger and better and we need three, four or five years, then I'm willing to have a, a cadre conversation on um, I'm moving him. And, and, and to his credit too, I don't think at this point of his career, he'd be interested in a three or four year build. He'd probably want to initiate uh, you know, a, a conversation about, I want to win another Stanley Cup uh, while I'm in my prime. But right now, it just seems Calgary seems to be, you know, competing and and not that far off from re-competing in the next year or two. Wanted to uh, change focus to the Vancouver Canucks for a moment here. Uh, Elias Pettersson, there's a lot of talk around him and, and just the lack of maybe contract discussions in season. Although... At the beginning of the year, he said he wasn't going to talk about his contract within the year. Is this, do you feel like there's anything to this as far as nothing really being on there? Or is this just that time of year and people get a little bit antsy? Yeah, we had a good conversation yesterday on our show about uh, uh, Pedersen as well. And uh, I think there's something to it. Uh, no question with uh, Vancouver making contract offers uh, and I think healthy ones as well. And the fact that uh, he's not willing to sign it, I think, is uh, is putting Vancouver Canuck management and ownership on notice. And they're not really sure where this is going. And, you know, Pedersen and his agent have kept uh, it real close. Uh, and uh, uh, they're not sure. That's the problem is they're not sure where he is, where's, where's his head, where's his heart. And uh, it's not like he's come out all season long and said, uh, I want to be here. This is where I want to try to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm, I want my agents or I want, uh, you know, my agent and uh, and and uh, and Vancouver to, you know, 
do their jobs while I do my job on the ice, but I want to make it clear. I don't want to go anywhere. We, we heard those things from the likes of Willie Nylander, uh, you know, uh, in Toronto, but we're not getting that vibe this season out of Pedersen. So I think that, uh, that that's caused a lot of anxiety for Vancouver Canuck fans and will continue to do that, uh, right, right through, uh, the trade deadline to the NHL draft, uh, and, and, and July 1st when he ultimately is a restricted free agent. Now he's not UFA. Let's remember that. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a buffer zone, but if he isn't willing to sign now, will he be in the summer or in the fall? That's the question. My question when anything like this arises is what is this dynamic like within a locker room, within a building when, you know, you guys, the the general manager and the player are, they're in the same building, they're at the ring together, they're on the plane together. I, how do you not know what he's thinking? Is it just the player saying, I'm I'm just, I'm not talking about it. I'm just not going to say anything because that dynamic just feels so bizarre to me. Well, first of all, I don't care what era you 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 played in. Uh, those discussions are not happening in the locker room in terms of, hey, Petey, what's going on with your contract? Tell me what's <laughs> you know what's happening. That just doesn't happen. That's not your business. Uh, it's for you and your family and your agent, and that's it. I mean, more so, more like the general manager, like. How does he? How does the general manager not know why the player has not said anything to them? That just feels so bizarre to me. No, they they know they've got to read right now. Like Alvin and and Jimmy Rutherford have laid a very healthy contract in the lap of Pedersen, and he is not signing it right now. So that's all you need to know, right? You don't need to have him explain why. Right, you just you just have to go off that vibe that hmm. okay, so we've given him a very healthy eight year contract extension and he's not signing it. So, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not ready right now. Uh, I'm I'm not focused right now on it. I want to you know play out the month, play out the season, play out the summer, but that leaves Vancouver with uh, the thought of okay, what's our move here? Do we continue to just let him take this right to UFA the following July? Or are we prepared to make some some harsh decisions if we, if we get the feeling that he doesn't want to sign here? So it's a, it's a cat and mouse game. They're not, they're not laying all their cards out to each other clearly, which again is, is laid into the frustration for Vancouver Canuck fans. So... It's a poker game right now. No one's showing their cards. Why would he want out of there? If they're giving him all the money, things are good, they're winning, they seem to give him basically whatever he wants, he's playing well. He's not American, so we don't have that. Like I, I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this. Excuse me. Hello. Johnny Hockey. Yeah, I know. I know. I've seen this before. Matthew Kachuk. You've seen this movie before, guys. Yeah. But those were so, Americans. You don't, there, there is no uh, rhyme or reason sometimes with what guys, uh, what kind of decisions guys make. And some of them, it's the top of the list. Show me the money. Mm-hmm. 
Does anything have for, to do with JT Miller? For 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 PD, this isn't about show me the money. So okay. does does it have to do with JT Miller? Does it have to do with the locker room? Yeah, speculate all you want. Um it's that fun. that's not going away either. Mm-hmm. Okay. How where is that room? Is it a strong room? Are they are they are they uh you know all together, you know, all in it together? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you hear the speculation as much as anyone else that uh, maybe, you know, that room's not as tight as it should be. But hey, add it to the the speculation. Uh, one of many here. Um, in your opinion, uh, is Steven Stamkos a Tampa Bay Lightning next year? Yeah, I think so. I I just think he's 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 over that um, that threshold of. Uh, best player in franchise history, uh, you know, icon, uh, statues, retirements, uh, you, like, come on, it goes on and on. So I don't think uh, money will be an issue here either. Uh, he knows he's signing probably his last contract, so uh, he's going to find a number. I think that he's comfortable. Uh the thought was, you know, way back in what 2017 or 18, when when he resigned, or he had a chance to go to Toronto, or you know, they were lining up for him, interviewing him as a UFA, and then he's like, eh, "No, going back to Tampa." <laughs> <laughs> that that was the decision that was made. That uh, you know, he'll do anything he can to remain a Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think that'll be the case again uh, uh, this summer. Um, sneakily, um, are the Bruins shopping Lena Salmark? Uh, I, I think they're nuts if they're not, um, while it's been absolutely fabulous, uh, between him and Swayman, uh, you know, Swayman's the guy moving forward. So, and you can't pay them both, uh, big bucks. So, uh, I would think that, uh, all marks in play and if they don't, if they're not overly aggressive or they don't feel like this is the the trade deadline to do anything, then, you know, that's an easy decision for uh, the summer or uh, the NHL draft to move them. Nick, the Penguins have gone in a span of seemingly six to eight months here. They've, they've spent a lot of assets for Eric Carlson, and, and now it feels like they're trying to acquire a whole bunch of assets for Jake Gensel. What, what happens next here for Sidney Crosby and the Penguins? Yeah. Um, I don't know. He charges 15 bucks an hour for babysitting. Um, that's <laughs> basically, uh, that's basically, you know, the decision he's going to have to make. Do I try to go somewhere else and win a Stanley cup or do I stay here and help Kyle Dubas make the transition of getting younger? So, uh, I think, you know, Kyle was able to convince the Fenway group, the ownership group there that he needed a very long-term contract because, uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to take a a last grasp at uh, putting Sid and Malkin and Latang in a position to win now. Uh, It's failed miserably. And uh, the only thing he's got left right now is to move a couple of pieces. Um, You know, whether it is... uh, uh, Gensel, it has to be Gensel, guys. You just don't keep Gensel and miss the playoffs. Uh, 
Riley Smith, uh, Raquel scored a couple of goals last night. Does that push his stock up? Uh, but Kyle's got to get rid of some of these pieces. Um, Nick, do you, do you see Sid and, and today's 14 years uh, to the day of the golden goal? Um, and we have Ryan Getzlaff coming up. Talk about timing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's not bad for us. And no. we totally fell in, like, <laughs> fell into that one. I'm not going to lie to you, Kip. We're like, today's the day? What? Yeah, we got we got lucky. We hit the, we hit the guest jackpot today. Um, wanted to ask you, um, is you think Sid finishes career as a Penguin? The guy, obviously, money isn't the most important thing. The guy signed his contract to be $8.7 because of his number. And he's been yeah. criminally underpaid for years and years and years. Do you think he finishes as a Penguin? Does he go play with his buddy McKinnon in Denver? Yeah. Does he go play for his childhood team, the Habs, and then do you know what his dad never did? Like, do you, do you think he finishes in Pittsburgh? Yeah, this is uh, such a hard question because he's playing at such a high level and he's so ultra competitive. So it's got to be killing him right now to look at the standings, uh, but. You know, there's a lot of time and emotion and uh, uh, into this organization for him. You know, he's kind of modeled Mario, guys, in his career in terms of just um, being that kind of that quiet leader. You don't see him on social media. He's not an attention seeker. Neither was Mario. They just went out there and played and won and uh mario also finished his career you know where it started one uniform i th i think that's that was the goal for sid uh to model himself you know right from the get-go on on a around a guy like mario and the, one of the greatest things that mario did in a in a in an industry that it got tougher and tougher uh, doing is finishing your career with the same team you started i think at this point it's still a goal for Sidney crosby to do the same thing nick terrific stuff this week should be fun a lot of fun uh with the okay, deadline guys enjoy thanks pal there he is okay. uh nick Kiprios, the host of real kipper and board on the Sportsnet radio and television network stanley cup champion on the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline straight ahead uh the chronolist brent cron big show flames analyst the cobra the solution snake in studio oh and we'll have a two-time olympic gold medalist stanley cup champion future hall of famer ryan Getzlaff as well we'll do that next it's the big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 the fan